Hey, John here. Sorry about the shitty quality of the recording. But as a disclaimer, um, before this week's episode, I just wanted to say that Allie and I are probably going to be taking the month of August off from our podcast just to get some things done in our lives. But we will be back in September with fresh new content. That's all. Thank you. Well, Allie, Mm -hmm. I've been looking over my reviews and hearing the feedback from everyone, and I've learned that I feel I, with my popularity on this podcast, am really one of the main reasons people listen, so I feel like you're holding me back here, and so I plan to leave A Match Made in Space for my own career in motion pictures. Oh, Okay, well, uh, it's been. Um... I've already, I've already, I'm already lining up a, a, a great idea for a movie. Oh. Tom Hanks and I are going to get a house. It's a brilliant idea. It's I'm... going to be wonderful, and I, I won't forget you when I'm a big, huge star, and no one remembers this little tiny thing I was on for a few seasons. Well, frozen assets, but nice knowing you. <laughs> Welcome to A Match Made in Space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. And we are a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. And today is Troop Beverly Hills, the Shelley Long launch pad. Actually, it's more like her crash landing. Yeah. The the launch pad. uh, She really had a failure to launch, if we're going to be honest. But yeah, this is 1989's. uh, We're... We're at the tail end of the 80s for this one. Um, yeah, it was kind of funny how we came around to this. I guess we could tell that later. Oh, well, yeah, we, we need, I think we need to You're going to set it up first? Yeah, well, and then, I was going to say we were going to oh. mention the director and then... And, and how oh, oh no, 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 that's not what I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about how I picked up this movie thinking it was a 1990s movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. So we went to the library for a totally different reason. I didn't find the movie I wanted. So I started to scour the shelves, found something else, had it in my hand. It'll probably end up on this podcast. Yeah, uh, and the only point. thing we'll say about this something else was we're like, she's like, this is kind of another sexist gross out college yes. movie yeah and i was like well you know what we, we just got we just like just spent ourselves on yeah. revenge of the nerds we don't need yeah. to have another a movie connected with revenge right of the, right like, and like in that genre so i happened to see troop beverly hills on the shelf and i i'm thinking about my friend andrea who loves this movie and i'm like ah but it was a 90s movie and i pull it out and happen to look on the back i don't even know why i did this because i was convinced it was a, a 1990 movie you know why what blows my mind about that is everyone knows that shelly long disappeared into the dust that, that she came from in, uh, on December 31st, 1989. So I looked <laughs> at the back and it again. says it was released in 89 and I looked at John and I said, this is what we're doing. Like, and that's all I did. I just looked at the, the date and it just so happens oh, yeah, as, yeah. We, as we're leaving. We leave, no, no, we were walking in the door here. In the, yeah, we were we, walking We checked home, out and everything. And I, I'm looking at the box like so to great. see who's in the cast, you know, like trying not to read the description because I try to like come into these as fresh as I can. And I see that it is directed by Jeff Canu. The director of Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> totally so, random. Like, of so all So we have things. done two Jeff Canoe movies in a row. Too funny. I'm so, a little terrified to see what else he might have directed. Right. I know. We haven't really <laughs> looked up the rest of his uh, canon. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we'll have more, like, way, accidents. Uh, on that Revenge of the Nerds thing, I want to say that uh, Jeff Canoe's hairstyle at the Revenge of the Nerds thing is 
fairly close to the incredibly awesome mullet that Robin Leach rocks in this movie. Yes. <laughs> just, just as a side note that oh, just popped God. into my head. So um, yeah, true. so we basically, yeah, this movie, this movie is, um, you know, it it, it opens. Well, with, well, well, before we go there, do you want to just say the, the oh, credits? I want to do our, oh yeah, our, oh yeah, well yeah, talk about like who's who and yeah, yeah, well, well, I mean. No, the director and then the writer. And yeah, well, I mean, well, it doesn't really matter. Okay. Everything else. It's like, yeah, the screen, the director's the only one of really them. That I don't really okay. notice anybody's names. Big, yeah, and we'll get to the stars later. Well, the story I thought was interesting because the story is by a woman who wrote a book and then she also was the producer. So I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, well, I, uh, Anna. Ava, Os- Ava, Ava Ostern Fries or Freeze. I'm not yeah. really sure um, how to pronounce it. Uh, if it were the comic book. Um, Batman, so then, it would be Freeze because it's the same last name as Victor Freeze. Let's Mr. do Freeze. our elevator pitch and then we can go into okay, the yeah, the ele- okay. Yeah, uh, so you go first. You want me to? You, you sure? If you want to. Okay. The elevator pitch that I have is, what if we took the stuck-up uh, pretentious waitress from Cheers, made her very wealthy, and gave excuses for her to get muddy? Great. That sounds like a great movie. Because Margaret Dumont's dead, you see. <laughs> so wait, 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 we got to move on from that. <laughs> I think my elevator pitch would be, um, let's find a vehicle for Shelley Long and make sure we accent the fact that she has no waste in the entire movie. And let's make sure that vehicle crashes into a wall and stops <laughs> Shelley Long from uh, from from ever making movies again. This is I you know I say this I don't I have no idea what 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 her career has been like since let's then. Let's dye I, her hair a fiery orange Annie red. Oh, she was in the very, the Brady Bunch movies. Oh. And Dr. T and the Women, which I always think is Mr. T and the Woman, which would be a much That's better a, movie. That sounds like a much better movie. <laughs> so anyway. Um, okay, so there we go. So all right, go ahead and start with your, because I know this was important to you. The oh, minute yeah, like, that the movie The opens, minute the movie opened, like first of all, I'm like, at first it starts with a, a jarring moment of like, you ever have one of those moments of like where you're like, I know this, I know this, why do I know this? This is terrible, but I know this. And you start feeling shame because you realize you used to own this on an album or something. <laughs> you're talking about music. the song, right? Yeah. It begins with a song and I'm like, what? This song is so freaking awful. Why do I know it? And I realized in the late 80s and actually now too, uh, your, your co-host here was a very big Beach Boys fan. And, you know, for the most part, I got into the Beach Boys with my mother's Taste of Beach Boys, which was their early '60s like surf and car songs. Good, good Beach Boys. Good, good Beach Boys, but not my, but not my current favorite Beach right, Boys, right, which right. is I, I actually like their weirdo like pet sounds and and post and especially post pet sounds weirdness. Yeah, like but good know. Beach Boys. But this is this is the solid. This is the canon Beach Boys. This is actually the Beach Boys that Mike Love has resurrected. That right. son of a bitch. Fuck Mike Love. Um, but this right here is late 80s Beach Boys. And I, and in the late 80s, I was just starting to be old enough to get albums, you know. And I owned the album Still Cruisin', which is kind of, it's kind of an odds and sods collection of soundtrack songs. Okay. Which includes Kokomo, of course, which was on the soundtrack to Cocktail. Co- cocktail. This, and like a, and a bunch of other just BS outtakes. Like, I, there's a couple of, like, mediocre Brian songs that at least are Brian, you can feel Brian on and everything. But this is, this is just, oh, God. This is a, this is the this is the this is the the apex of Mike Love being in char- large and in charge. This is the shittiest Beach Boys, the late '80s, mediocre awfulness of Beach Boys. But as I'm getting feeling embarrassed by that, I'm like, why do these credits feel so familiar? Uh-huh. I've never seen this movie, and then I realized it's freaking John Kay, uh, the creator of Rin and Stimpy. It's obviously it's so it, obvious. Like I can I can see his animation style from a hundred miles away, and this was this was made like. 
four, like not four years, two years before Ren and Stimpy was launched. And I think he animated it like about four years before Ren and Stimpy was launched. You know, so like. Well, what I, and what I was going to say about it is that I am, you know, I am not an aficionado of like, oh, this is this person's style or that person's style. I can tell when a style is different. Like, I can tell, oh, this is something you might find. This is more the Simpson style. This is more, you know, uh, Dr. Katz style or this is more whatever. But I don't necessarily know all their names and all the whatever. The Simpsons like, is film Roman. Uh, the Dr. Katz is uh, Squiggle Vision. Yeah. So um. my point is. <laughs> or however, the early seasons of The Simpsons are Klasky Supo. But as um. I'm watching it, Right before he said the words Ren and Stimpy, the words in my brain were like, I feel like there was a poster of this cartoon style in my high school dorm room, which was, which, okay. Because you went a, to fame in the woods. I went to fame in the woods. But my, as I realized I said that, I'm like, people are probably like, what? High but, school dorm room. But, no, they're not. I think we've discussed your, your, your. But my, but my roommate loved Ren and Stimpy and she had a poster of the Ren and, of Ren and Stimpy in our Dorm room. And she was right to do so. Ren yeah, no. Was great. Right. I had never seen an episode. By the way, by the way, all you but stupid millennials with your Doug nostalgia, I was there the day that Ren and Stimpy, Doug, and Rugrats all dropped, and Ren and Stimpy was far and away the best cartoon. And I was not really, I, I, mean, I had like passed in a room and seen Ren and Stimpy, but I was not a Ren and Stimpy person. Like I didn't have, it was not part of my like childhood, you know, lexicon and canon, but I knew enough to know what, who Ren and Stimpy were and a little bit about the program. The programming, the ch- the children's programming that is Ren and Stimpy. So I, I enough to know the, the style it, and the fact that 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 poster hung up in my room and it, right it was the he, most homoerotic cartoon for children ever made. <laughs> but but before he even said it, I was like, yeah, that kind of looks like. Oh, what does that remind me of? What it reminds me of. And then as soon as he said Ren and Stimpy, it was like, and then you, it's like that thing where you once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's like that's all you yeah. see. And He's the, so right about for the record, it. so yeah. clearly. And, and after the fact, I you know I had I I, I knew it was him. Like I, I I was really more looking it up to see if he'd said anything about it. And I found like actually uh, at one point he posted on his blog this clip talking about here's a blast from the past, and he talked about making it. And one of the things he said was this was the first time he ever got to actually like. You know, and obviously he didn't do it himself. It was him and his studio mates. But like, but he it was his first time he ever got to animate a sexy girl because you oh. know he, before that he had worked on like Mighty Mouse mm. and like like a lot of kids cartoons. You know, like and this is pre Ren and Stimpy where he basically decided to push as many taboos as he possibly could, right? You know, out the window. But yeah, this was it was nice because it reminded me of a day you don't see this very often anymore, and well, you don't see two D animation period in right. movies anymore. Um, Really, but like it reminded me, this was the this was like the days whenever sometimes movies would have animated opening credit sequences, and I you don't really see that anymore in the sense of like hand drawn. You see it in animated, and like you sometimes see like, like like if they're superhero movies like flying through DNA or some crap, you know. But like it was nice to see that, and I was actually it was weird because the dichotomy of being very excited about seeing some some awesome old John K animation, and the depressing hearing like. The Beach Boys in their like in their declining years mixed together is exactly kind of a good like microcosm of this movie, where it's got like a lot of silly fun mixed with like a sense of desperation of trying to make uh, like it's just it's a movie that doesn't really work for me, but it like it's trying so damn hard to work and it's very good natured, so I find it very hard to hate. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like you know like it's not it, it, it has a few offensive moments, but after Revenge of the Nerds, like oh my god, you know, it, like it, there's nothing in this movie that really like no 
It's not even this like movie even fakes me out. Like, because there's a character, like they, they, she has a she has an Asian gardener, and his name is Ho, and she says hi Ho, which is a terrible joke. But that's the last really time we ever really see him interacted with in yeah. any negative stereotypical way. No. And he doesn't behave stereotypically; he just says hello. Yeah, you know, I think he might have an accent, but he's not. You know, like unlike your your he's your, not fresh. Unlike your dongers and your and your Takahashi's. You know, yeah, like it's not bad at all. He's just he just happens to be Asian, and like they just wanted to make a dumb joke on his name. Yeah, you know, like but it's like it's so much less offensive. No, it's like, not an offensive it, movie like in the same way. Like mm-hmm. it, yeah, like they, like the the movie does. Yeah, the movie's not nearly. Like, it starts to make me think, and maybe that I'm crazy here, but because we saw that, um, not to like pull Revenge of the Nerds in here, but because we're talking Jeff Canoe, we should probably like it's okay to like overlap a little. But what what I was thinking was we learned a lot about this movie in the in that extra you know, um, behind the scenes sort of con- like conversation. Oh, you mean Revenge of the Nerds? Yeah, and Revenge yeah. of the Nerds. And there's sort of the behind the scenes conversation of, of when the cast was older and they were talking about the whole experience. Where and many of them were delusional like, about how, how much it holds up. Yeah, but more so, they talked a lot about how like Tim Busfield always wanted to do these bits and tried this stuff and they really didn't have a very good script. The script had like sometimes didn't even have like the written word on there and they were creating a lot of it was improv and there were pieces that were not uh, yeah, really they, in the, so my th- I'm wondering how much of that was really like Jeff Canoe and how much of it was really like well these guys want to try this crazy ass and, and, you and know shit of, and, and see what happens and speaking of improv as we move into probably discussing the cast soon yeah, yeah. the the core adult oh, yeah. women cast members in this are all three like Second City stage graduates. Yep. Uh, two of them like went on to much more. Actually, all three of them went on to uh, to low level television careers in the eighties. But like they were all like in the seventies. Shelley Long, Mary. Gr- I don't know if they ever were on the stage together. But all three, all three of them were were in, were, in were Second City like like actual like. So Shelley Long, Mary Gross, and Betty. Betty, not Betty Davis. Betty, Betty Thomas. Davis. I almost said Betty, Betty Thomas. Betty Thomas. And, yes. And okay, out of the three, of course, Shelley Long. Everyone is going to always. She's she's Diane from Cheers. And yeah. I mean, she literally is Diane from Cheers in the sense that I don't know that she can play any character other than Diane from Cheers. Yeah. I've never seen her. Wait. Oh, oh, wait. 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 She actually might be different in Night Shift. I can't remember. It's been a long time. I that, that's on our list of things for okay. me to show you. Um. But but um. She's almost always Diane from Cheers. Basically. She's yeah. She's again. She's our. She's the modern. She's the late twentieth century. The nineteen eighties specifically. Version of Margaret Dumont. She's the oh, Mr. Firefly. You know. Was Shelley Long in? Hold on. Was Shelley Long in Irreconcilable Differences? Was it Shelley Long and Ryan O'Neill? I know it was Ryan O'Neill, and I know it was Drew Barrymore. I do not know. Check it out. But but Shelley Long is basically that might be my my. Yeah, she was. Yes, that's my Shelley Long because I didn't watch Cheers as a kid. Wow, that's weird because I watched so much Cheers as a kid. (laughs) So my Shelley Long is Irreconcilable Differences. That's how I remember her. That's right, yeah. So uh, I may yeah. have to show you that if you've never seen it. Right. <gasps> but is she is she is she uh, in that one or is she stuck up in Shelley Longish in that one or uh... she's she's stuck up in Shelley Longish in that one. Yeah, that's that, that's that's the Shelley Long. That that's her character. Yeah. That's who that's who she plays. It's why it's really funny that she was going to leave Cheers for a film career whenever yeah. she's basically she, herself. She yeah. has like this one character that she plays. She plays it very well. Yeah. But it is this one character. She's one note. Like this pretentious. I mean, maybe she does other things. I don't know. I've never seen her do anything. Yeah, watching her try to be sincere is really bizarre. Yeah. And she's, <laughs> it's like, like weird in this movie too. Right, yeah. Like, and, um, oh wow. She was, 
She was born in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Well, good of, for her. Home of Stuart Wellington. So, um, <laughs> uh, but so um, Shelley Long. Shelley Long, and then uh, the second one of uh, that, Mary Gross was uh, was an SNL uh, cast member in the early eighties during, during kind of their fallow years. But I mainly know her as the as part of the uh, Chichi and Consuela discuss the Ghostbusters sketch. Yes, of course you, you do. You know, which uh, you know, I, I I love that sketch, and for some reason I cannot find it anywhere on the internet. Oh, anymore. really? Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. All, all all I can find is the is part is the part of the like in the montage where like the black one. He didn't do nothing, mm-hmm. you know. But um, <laughs> welcome to racism on MMIS. <laughs> but you know, like, but yeah, well, it was, it, that's kind of the whole point of that sketch. Well, of course. But um, and then the third one was Betty Thomas, who TV viewers will mainly know her as I can't remember her character's name, but she was like, like a policewoman in in. Uh, Hill Street Blues was the word I was trying to oh. say. Beverly Hills Blues. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, like that was, yeah, it's funny because she kind of had a, a, a dramatic comedic, you know, because Hill Street Blues was kind of a, it was a mostly dramatic show with, with you know, with some humorous touches. But that was, but she played like, yeah, she played a cop on that. Okay. Um, and she actually apparently, after, this is her last feature film role before she moved into directing. Oh, interesting. I don't know what she's directing. What has directed, she been in? Because I feel like I remember was, her from something uh, like, else. She's done, uh, let me see, she's done some, She's done some stuff. She was, uh, let, let me see, see. Uh, Used Cars. Did you see Used uh-huh. Cars? Uh, let me see, uh, Tracy Ullman show. She uh, had had some guest things. You know, yeah. Like no, she, it's nothing that like really yeah, stands nothing, out yeah. to me. That's yeah. so weird because she seems so familiar. But yeah, she's directed a lot of, yeah, she's directed, uh, you know, So that's all of her directing things. stuff. That's and so she, yeah. interesting. Oh my gosh, she directed Alvin and the Chipmunks the Squeakwall. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> She also directed Tried the Brady, Brady Bunch, Bunch movie, movie, which has Shelley Long. Long. Shocker, shocker. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. She's That's also really funny. From, from what I tell, I think she's very tall. If I'm not mistaken, she does look tall. In but she's movie like, too. I think they actually. But they, so they does actually, Shelley Long. Well, I think Shelley Long is also fairly tall, but I think Betty Thomas is like six feet tall or oh something. My she's like Allison Janney tall. I think, wow. If I'm not mistaken, she's like a very tall woman. Um, but yeah, we so, those are, one. so yeah, like basically we've got, that's the set. So, you know, there, there probably was a great deal of improv because we've got yeah. three improv trained actresses in major roles. That's true. Um, and then of course the, you know, we have the main, uh, male role is, uh, Craig, Craig T. Nelson, Nelson, who, you know, he's one of those guys who's in, of course, oh, everything. And we all know, everyone knows Craig T. Nelson. And he, Craig T. Nelson kind of also has a type. He yeah. tends to play a frustrated fa- middle-aged father, or as he's getting older, a grandfather. Yes. You know? Well, if but he's like, in parenthood. So, yeah, yeah, but like it's like, but like the Craig T. Nelson character traditionally is kind of a guy who's sick of this crap. Yeah, he really is. He's just like, oh. And he does. He plays that very well in this. And, 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 and in this movie, he is a guy who's sick of this crap. Yeah. He's basically um, he's made a fortune in. Like basically, he runs like a muffler shop or something, and he's in the commercials for it, which are ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like he's dressed as a muffler, and then there's but like, no way he's making he, the kind of money that puts him to in live Beverly in Beverly Hills. Hills. And I, this house. I know it's ridiculous, but but yeah, he's like the king of mufflers in all of like I guess Southern the California, king. I guess um, or yeah. something. But uh, he's and he married Shelley Long back when they were both poor. Yep. We love and that. It's, and it's kind point. of it's kind of implied that she used to be like this artistic fun, freewheeling person with a Creative lot of dreams. A lot of dreams. And she's basically married to him and turned into like the perfect Beverly Hills wife mm-hmm. in that she was basically spending his money as fast as he can make it. Yep. 
you know. So they're in this big house, and she's constantly shopping and buying thousands of dollars worth of really hideous dresses. More on that later. And the and the and and, the, and as it opens, they're separated right now, and he's living in the guest house, and they have a daughter. This is really the the, the basic here. So let's let's like just do the plot point of the movie. The yeah, movie. like yeah, we never did go. Over yeah, the movie, let's yeah. just go over the movie real quick, and then we can come back. Like, I think the movie doesn't the, really have a plot. No, it doesn't. It's so basic. But the but the more important part is that the cast members that as we go through them are going to be so much more interesting to talk about where they fit into the movie. So it's essentially it's Shelley Long, Craig T. Nelson, and their daughter Hannah. Han, they're separated. Hannah is trying to get them back together. It doesn't really happen. Hannah's part of this thing called the Wilderness Girls, which is essentially the Girl Scouts, but they didn't get the rights to the Girl Scouts. So it's called the Wilderness Girls. No, it's probably because they made it look like a weird, corrupt, ineffectual organization. They kind of, it's true. So they, she's part of the Wilderness Girls, um, but but the chapter in Beverly Hills never they never have a, a troop leader that will stick around, and the the Betty Thomas. Um, character wants to oust them because she doesn't believe that like because you know they're from Beverly Hills all they want to do is shop and do their nails so she thinks they they don't deserve to be there and they can't seem to keep a troop leader but Shelley Long has put in an application to be the troop leader because she wants to do this for her daughter so her sincerity is there um, but she just you know all she knows how to do is shop that's like her jungle that's like her woods so the, the long and the short of it is that they're trying to get them ousted um, because Betty Thomas's character is like a real wilderness girl and knows how it's all really done because it's all part of California I guess it's all of California is my understanding. Well, it's at least Southern, Southern California. California. I, don't think, I don't think there's anyone from like up in San like, Francisco like Sacramento or, yeah, or, true. or, or you So know. it's all Southern California. So anyway, um, um, Hannah, you know, they bring the girls in. Um, they all want to do this yeah. troop. I think they're all LA suburbs. They're all, yeah, they're I all think. part of the LA suburbs. So they, they, so they bring the girls in. They all, you know, try to do this. They all kind of suck at it. Shelly Long sucks at it. Um, Craig T. Nelson basically makes fun of her and says, you never do anything. You never finish anything. You try these things and you never finish anything. They fight, they fight, they fight. You can still see the love. Um, there's all these other great people that come in and they're way more important and more interesting, but we'll get to that. And then um, the, they go through the process of they have to sell the cookies. That's a whole plot point we'll get to, which is like a whole big whatever. And then they have to, um, they make enough money to do the Jubilee or the Jamboree or the Jimber Jamboree. Jamb- Jamboree, at the Jamboree. End, where they have to actually go through the process of the Jamba Juice. The Jamba Juice. They have to actually go through the, uh, what would be the obstacle course version of what wilderness girls would have to do in order they, to get there. They have to follow the flags and yeah, they, yeah, they, they have to, they have to drink a bunch of beers and go around a, uh, <laughs> a, a course. And then they've got to do like, they've got to do this bowl, but ogre is really heavy. And <laughs> yeah, right. uh, Jeff Canoe has a, he has, has a some type. tropes. She has a, he has a type. He has a so type. They get, so they uh, get, so of course they have to do the very, you know, end thing. They go through the whole process. They, don't win in that they they don't get there first, but they technically win, which is um, the best kind of winning. Which is the best kind of winning. So they they don't they officially they win, win on a technicality. They win on a technicality because and they only they basically only win because Betty Thomas uh, is so obsessed with cheating yeah. that she screws her team over. Yeah, exactly. And her team screws her over in the end. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's kind of because they, they well they, they learn from her. Well, because they they have no camaraderie, right? And no, like they they're 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 going so by the book that they have no sense of what's right and wrong, right? So we will get to that. The long and the short of it is then, of course, Shelly. The long and the short of it. Did you get that? Ah. The long and the Nelson. Oh man, why why doesn't she and Martin Short have a terrible talk show together? <laughs> oh my God, that's such a brilliant idea. <laughs> oh Martin, so, yes. <laughs> so uh, maybe they, maybe Martin Short could wear that horrible fat suit when he was Jiminy Glick. Oh my God. They at the end they um they the, Craig T Nelson they drive another guy to suicide. Craig T Nelson and oh my gosh, Craig T Nelson and wow, Shelley I was long, really mean to Martin Short there, considering I'm usually a fan. Get back together. Or you think they're, it, it's, it's apparent they're going to get back together at the end, and all is well, and the Wilderness Girls 
have their And they thing. become the best troop of 1990. They enter the 90s. Yes, as the top, top troop. Okay, great. So that's so, the yeah, plot. Like, that's the plot. So now yeah. let's talk I'm to so the cast. I'm so glad I didn't interrupt you too much on that because I was I, I could zone out for a while and just think of colors. Yeah, so then let's, um, yeah, so let's so talk so through I it. I have a lot of colors. My favorite color uh, right now is a nice, rich forest green. Okay, let's um, go. Uh, so, yeah, like going through, um, I mean, I guess we've already kind of gone over who Shelley Long is. Yeah, and, we're, and we're good with that. But, like, I guess we'll get into the kids because this, this is an interesting thing about this movie is there's a lot of kids who went on to do other things. Well, wait, before we get into the kids, let's talk about the housekeeper. Oh, yeah, Shelley Morrison, who has Shelley Morrison of Sephardic Jewish lineage, who has on two separate occasions played an Hispanic maid mm-hmm. to a really insane rich woman. Yep. Uh, this, both times, a one, variation of the na- of the English name Rose, because mm-hmm. she's Rosa in this, and Rosario, or or vice versa. Which one is? No, it? she's Rosa in this. She's Rosa in this, and, and she's Rosario in Will and Grace. Yep. Uh, and again, she's not Hispanic. No. But all she ever, all I, those are the only two roles I've ever really seen her in. I'm I'm sure she's done other things because there was a, a good fifty, like 10, 15 year window. She's a delight. Oh, she's great. I love. Well, I love her in Will and Grace. She's actually a great character in Will and Grace, and she's actually a lot more cynical in Will and Grace. It's probably because mm. she's a little older and has a, even more gravel in her voice. But yeah. like, she's actually a fun character. And like, uh, yes, I admit it. I watched a lot of Will and Grace. It wasn't that bad. Get I, over it. I heard that it's a great show. I've never I, watched I mean, it. It's it, it, formulaic and sitcommy, but you know, it has its moments. But you know. Fun anyway. <laughs> I, basically, basically, Megan Mullally is a fabulous, insane rich person. And as much as I hate the rich in real life, I love insane fictional rich people. Well, yeah, because they, they don't affect you, really. Yes, exactly. So, um, Especially insane fictional rich women. So she's still delight because she is so sad that they're breaking up. I feel like she's been with them for a very long time. You get the sense that she's been, she's yeah. been there since Hannah was a baby. She probably was there as they were right. just getting their feet wet right. in the rich zone. She saw their love. Because at first you're like, like who the heck gives a crap that these two people are breaking up? They don't even seem to like each other. One of my one of the I should I just want to point this one thing out. It pissed me off so much that they're bashing each other in front of their kid. So like my my you know my parents are still together. They've been, You're not gonna like the next fifteen years. No, I'm just kidding. Well, my parents have been together what 50, 51 years now. Fifty one years. Yeah, and I mean when Longer you're together, than we've been alive. I know it's crazy. So they they you know the, they've. <laughs> They've been fighting, you know, they fought in front of us, but it was like, not that they've been fighting, that sounded terrible. They fought in front of us, but... Um, your, parents, your parents have a pretty decent No, they have a decent religion. But, but, my, but my point is that I saw what it was like for the kids, you know, when divorce would happen and like how awful it was. And the parents that would bash the other, the other parent in front of their kid, it was so devastating to watch that and see that. And one of the things that... Even though, um, you know, my uncle, who I don't talk to because he's a horrible person, um, was married to my aunt, and then they split up when I was about seven. Um, the one thing that they never did is they is is my aunt never bashed my uncle in front of the kids or anybody really. I mean, she's 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 talked to me as an adult about him, but like she's never ever ever said anything bad about him yeah. in front of them, um, which I have to say, like, I appreciated that. And I thought that was actually incredibly classy and everybody should strive to do that. I know it's hard, but it is a very big... That's so stupid. Really Jackson, when you listen to this me. podcast, your mother's dumb. It really <laughs> bothered me. I know, right? It really bothered me that they were doing that. And they're literally standing in front of her, like, tearing each other down. And and when he's gone, she's, you know, sad about it, but she's also tearing him down. And it's like, that just, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm getting too real about it, but it really yeah, bothered yeah, you're getting, me. You're boring me, Zoidberg. Shut up. It bothered me. That was the one thing that really pissed me off. The I other love thing- that we've turned your boring me, Zoidberg, into, a, into an inside joke with us when the actual 
like Futurama thing is Zoidberg being bored by Leela. Yeah. I don't know how we turned it into that. But um, the other thing is that the other issue with Craig T. Nelson that I have as far as being a father and being a good father. <laughs> it's because he's never a good father in anything he's ever played in. Um, is uh is in uh is when he takes his girlfriend his new girlfriend to the to the Dodgers game instead of his daughter like <laughs> what, on like Hat Day or whatever it is like what is Day whatever it is it was like what what is wrong with like really I mean he has to work really hard to fix that because that's like a yeah, terrible he, thing. Well, yeah he's a, he's a terrible really, father yeah, it's, this is another one of those movies where in all honesty well at least the adults I I won't I, the kids are fine yeah but like the main adults in this movie are, are all uniformly not that great no. Like, Shelley Long is by default the hero because she's at least not aggressively shitty to other people. Right. And she's trying to be a good mom. Like, she just, she's just awful because she does no contact with reality. Right. She's not awful because, because she's mean-spirited. Right, right, right. Exactly. It's not in her heart. But yeah, this is like a shittiness that he does. And he yeah. never apologizes for yeah, it. In a way, I don't know why she really wants him back that yeah, badly. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't seem like, like all that much of a it prize. Seems like, like, it seems like she could probably get at least enough out of him in a divorce to support herself. Right. You know, I don't think they had a prenup. They weren't rich whenever they got married. Right. You know, she could easily, easily say that, like, she was supporting him during all those lean years and uh, that she needs to be kept in the manner she's accustomed to because yeah. she's not she's not working, you know, and whatever. She could easily, like, and he's kind of a D-bag. I, don't, I like, I, I don't get why she, yeah. like, like, their love for each other just, ne- like, and every time it seems like in the movie, there's a couple of moments in the movie where it looks like he's going to come back for her, yeah. to her. And, and then it turns shitty. out, he, like he says something shitty, like like the most the best one whenever he came out, like near the end when he yeah. came back, like like I just wanted to talk to you about yeah. this. And it looks like he's going to say, I think maybe this divorce is a mistake yeah. and whatever. After he's screwed his like, and again he only comes back to her after he's screwed up his uh, his girlfriend that yep. he's leaving her for, you know, who's his real estate agent, you know. But like, but like he only comes back. To ask her, I want joint custody. Yeah. It's not even like, it, he sets it up like he's going to ask her, like, hey, maybe we should try to work this out. And it's, right. it's, it's like, he's just a tool. He's a tool. He's an absolute tool. And like, I don't get, like, and again, Craig T. Nelson, that's what he plays. Yeah. He plays jerks. I yeah. mean, the best you can say about his characters in most movies is like, the dad and poltergeist meant well, but he's still kind of a gruff idiot. Right. You know? Truth. uh but coach, I mean, he he was he he was playing a, a you know an insane person in oh, that. Coach, I love that show. Yeah, just, All right, but um, so so that's the, that's essentially so Hannah. So now we can jump to the kids. Do yeah, you, so, you, yeah, you go first. The daughter Hannah. That's yeah. that's Jenny Lewis, and Jenny Lewis, uh, she's mostly known these days uh, because she was the lead singer of the band Rilo Kylie. Mm-hmm. You know, like the indie country folky. Yeah, whatever. You know, like I was never a huge fan, but I like like I'm aware of their existence, and I'm aware that like. You know, she was a major, like, uh, you know, like, there's a certain, there's a certain kind of indie girl from the early aughts that was a very big fan of Rilo Kylie. And, uh, you know, and, you know, but for me, yeah, I feel thing. like her major, major cultural import is she is, and it's funny because she also in, the, in this was in a Girl Scout parody, the Sunshine mm-hmm. Girls. She is the little girl who holds Rose's beloved teddy bear, Fernando, hostage including pulling a water pistol full of ink on it, uh, you know, only to be completely screwed over by Rose at the end and pushed out the door in like one of the most brilliant. satisfying Rose moments in the history of the show. So that's where I know Ginny Lewis from. But, you know, other and I think she was also in The Wizard, maybe. Uh, she was also in um, Big Girls Don't Cry, and yeah. she was also in... Um, uh, they, they get even, um, and she was in uh, the oh Foxfire, if you yeah. if, which was an Angelina Jolie. Um, 
indie film as well. Yeah. So, um, not to be confused, not to be confused with Firefox, which is a 1980s Clint Eastwood stealing a jet movie. Which, eh, if I can uh, find a copy of it, maybe that'll be on our list. Gotcha. Because I watched Firefox like ten times on HBO when I was like seven, and I've never seen it since. Yeah. <laughs> All I really remember is the jet flying really low over the water at one point, and it causing the water to like shoot up in flumes. So, um, <laughs> let's go on to one of my favorite um, child stars, who is also in this movie, is Kelly Martin. Um, those of you who know Kelly Martin know her from. Uh, Life Goes On, the show with uh, Patti LuPone in the 80s that had... Um... It was actually early 90s. Oh, early 90s. Yeah, and it had, it had a, I can't remember the actor's name, but he was Corky. He was the, yes. he was the actor with Down Syndrome. Right, and it was like a big revolutionary you know, thing that like, they did yeah. that, and like was such a... It was and really it's a show that for some reason I always confuse with my so-called life. So right, I was, I, for, I, for a long time I thought Claire Danes was on both somehow. No. <laughs> you know, like, Kelly Martin, she's amazing, and I love her. And she also was a cast member on ER. Um, I basically wanted to be Kelly Martin as a kid, so like seeing her in this movie was always really exciting for me. She doesn't do enough, in my opinion, in this movie. Um, yeah. But let's talk a little bit about... wanted to be Carla Gugino, yeah, because like she she ended up pretty well. Yeah. So <laughs> Kelly Martin, what's her what's her? I forgot her family story in this. Oh, Kelly Martin, she's uh, Emily Coleman. Her, she's the oh the, the daughter the, of the unemployed yeah, actor. Her, yeah, that we yeah, her, who like that was. like I, yeah, he's not really he's a that guy, but like like oh as I as I was uh, saying to Allie, this movie like when this movie has the montage of the dads dropping off the daughters. Yes, and the the I swear to God, it is like <laughs> you know it. Oh God! How did I put it? Because I actually I, I like what I said about it. It's an, it, it, they're all grade A C listers. Yes. is how I put it. Because they are the the dads, like like they are all people that you kind of recognize, but not really. Right. So okay. So um, Emily Fletcher. Emily Fletcher is that her name? Emily Coleman. Coleman. And so the dad. Well, we both kept looking at him, going, "He looks so familiar. He looks so familiar." And I don't think we ever really figured out who he was. No, no, he's I, no, I never did. He's like, like a said, nobody, but yeah. he looks so familiar. It was one of those funny yeah, moments. No, yeah, he's, he, I mean, he's been in things. But, but he's, he's not the like, he's all his her story. Is, he does actually look like an aging actor. Yeah, that, like, they do a really nice job. But his his story is that, or her story is that he's still driving around in his you know Bentley or Rolls Royce or whatever it is. Um, but they're absolutely broke because he has not worked. He doesn't have. He has not worked as an actor in a really long time. So they have. No yeah. money. But they're so in she, Beverly Hills trying to keep up their appearances. Keep up their appearances. Which and, I would not understand at all living in Highland Park. Uh-huh. But, um, but she, so the reason we know that this is a major problem is because she's supposed to bring like $10 for... seven fifty. dollars No, 10. that's later. The oh. seven fifty is later. Okay. The $10 is the, the first time. Oh. She has to bring $10 and um, the dad's like, you know, just, you know, can you, you know, uh, I don't have it on me. Um, you know, just, just tell them that you'll, you'll catch them up later or whatever. And I think Emily has the money. But that's like the one time she has it, yeah. and she uses her own money for that. It's like a, it's just like a sad moment. Yeah, and, and like he's dead. also like he's parked around the corner, so yeah. you know, they, they, you know, like so they don't see him, you know. Yeah, it's like it's like it's you 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 feel for her, okay. Yeah. Um, and then later on, she has to pay seven fifty for patches that they try to get for the you know when you're I guess a Girl Scout you have to or whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 the, well you gotta buy you gotta like well I was a Cub Scout for a while. You actually have to buy yeah. the the merit badges and and whatever. Think tags you 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 win yeah. or earn you actually still have to pay for them. So she has seven. She's supposed to bring seven dollars and fifty cents, and she doesn't have it. And she freaks out and says it's stupid and I don't want to do it. And she runs off. And then of course one of the other girls, yeah, yeah. you know, helps her, right. which is just weird but, to me. That's that whole scene is so bizarre to me. Like why is Shelley Long like it's seven dollars and fifty cents? Like how is Shelley Long not helping her out there? I think it was. I I think it's because Shelley Long is not really. 
clued in on what's going on at this point. I think this is early enough in, like, I don't think she's discovered her inner talent for being a good den mother, <laughs> you know? I mean, cause she, but she sits down with her, and she's helping her. She tells her not to run away, and she's like, I know, I, I understand how hard it is sometimes, and things are confusing, and it's, I mean, it's like she's, she's t- 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 this big speech instead of being like, don't worry, kid, I gotcha. I'll, I'll get the $10, and it has to be one of the other little girls that comes out and is like, it's okay, I got your back, and, like, hands well, her 10 that was like that was, like, the super rich girl. Yeah. Or, like, I can't remember which one it was. Oh, the, the, one oh, the child was, star. Yeah. The one who's No, no, actually, no, it's not the child star. No, it's it's, it's uh, um the, what's her name? The, the movie director daughter? No, 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 no. It's the one with the red hair. Um... Oh, 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 the Jewish girl. Yeah, the Jewish girl, right, which is... I was going to... I was actually... She was the next one on the list, so why don't we go ahead... That's Emily Shulman's playing Tiffany Honigman. uh, Her daughter's... Her her father's a plastic surgeon. Oh, right. And she may be the one area where, like... She might be bordering on offensive as a character. Because she's the character who understands money Mm -hmm. and loans. And she makes a joke about interest on that loan, and then she says she's kidding. But... And her dad's... And she's the one that tells her dad. Her dad says, how much is... do Do you have to give for, like, the whatever the dues or the fees yeah. or whatever and she says oh it's forty dollars when it's actually ten yeah but so she's, she's like she's but like, she's like she's but she's also the only jewish character really yeah. like or at least the only character who's shown like mentioned as jewish yeah and, and her last name is shulman of, so yeah like honigman shulman's the actress's mm. name but uh and and people no, who were roughly our age would mainly know her and it took us forever to figure out who she was we had to look it up because it's been so long since we've yeah. seen this show but she looks so damn familiar is she's the annoying neighbor girl from small wonder right you know the delightful when you want to punch in the face. The, well, I was going to describe the show as the delightful comedy yeah. about a robot little girl. Yeah. That <laughs> was one of the first syndicated sitcoms I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that was... That, but, yeah, so basically her... That's basically her entire thing. Yeah. Is she's, she's the one that's good with money. Yep. You know. Yep. And she's, she's the one that she do, and she also doesn't understand friendship until that moment. She gives right. some money to Emily well, for you well, know, because whatever. because as as a, as a horned Jewess, she only understands money and and usury. Uh, I think is what the movie's saying. Oh, is that what and that then, is? Yeah. And then I guess the next one we'll go to is Emily. and she uh, another person who, who by the way is probably at least four or five years older than literally every other yeah. girl uh, yeah. in here. Uh, Carla Gugino in one of her first film roles. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she, you know, she's that did and has done a ton of television, and she's been in a lot of movies. Most of them not great, mind you. But uh, yeah, but Carla Gugino was like sixteen when this movie came out. Like she's older than we are, yeah. you know. And like most of the people in this movie are basically our age, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, yeah, but yeah. So she plays, and I did not realize till the middle of this movie what her name was, and it's it's the stupidest name. She plays Chica Barnfell, <laughs> you know, yeah. who is like the. She's kind of the girl who's a little surly about everything. Yes. And she's obviously embittered. And what it is is she is the, because these are all like basically your, all the rich girl stereotypes you can come up with. Yep. She is kind of the spoiled, well, spoiled in the sense of like that's what she looks like, like cold rich girl. Right. Who basically her family is never home. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't really have a relationship with her parents in any real sense of the word. They literally forget her birthday and they, say they're yeah. bad with dates. Oh, I'm sorry, we're bad with dates. Like it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. They forget her birthday. She goes storming out at one point. She's basically like, you know, like she actually shows up to Shelley Long and Hannah's house because she's 
really upset about um, the fact that her parents aren't there, but she doesn't know how to express that, and they finally figure it out, and um, she starts to cry, and she says, today's yeah. my birthday, and they're not even here, and so they, like, make yeah. a lasagna cake or something. I don't well, know I, think exactly. it was, I think what it was is they were making lasagna that night, yeah. and Rosa, because she said, Rosa says, give me 10 minutes, mm-hmm. you can't make a lasagna or a cake in yeah. 10 minutes, so I think that in that 10 minutes, she went and found some candles and yeah. put it in a lasagna. Right. So, uh you know, and that like, and I will say they probably the reason they probably cast someone a little older in that role is because out of all the daughters, this one actually required all the daughters, all the little girls. girls. This, well, I guess they're someone's daughter, but this requires the most emotional depth. So yeah. they probably were like, let's get someone who's maybe at least like you know fifteen, sixteen into the part, yeah, as opposed to like someone who's like twelve, right. You know. I, do you get the feeling too that there are so many more scenes that we didn't see with these girls? Like, I feel like there's like fifty thousand. Yeah, I, well, yeah, like I, like they, I, I, well, yeah, like I. Because they I, don't really flesh out their characters very well, but they feel like they've fleshed out their characters. Yeah, like they feel like yeah, it feels like they're this. They, it does. It feels like they're this cohesive group that you just haven't, you know, like we haven't see, gone in on. Honestly, yeah. it kind of reminds me of like, and it's it's funny. Like right now, as an adult, I've been like rereading uh, the '80s X Men. And I didn't read all of those issues when I was younger. Mm. A lot of the stuff I read after the fact, and I had a lot of gaps in like my, you know, in my knowledge of the X Men. And it's uh, it feels like that where it's like there's got to be a backstory here that I'm missing, right? And I don't have the little box like saying like see issue seventy six, smile and stand. <laughs> I, sometimes you know, I want to watch. Actually Anne in sometimes in I watch these movies X-Men. with like pop up video where it's like a yeah. little bit of information about what's going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like whoop, you know, because <laughs> like yeah, like I don't quite yeah. Like, they obviously all. Uh, like they feel like someone knew their backstory, but yeah, we don't. We don't. We don't have the show bible on. You this. know, like and it's and so yeah. So so that's her big her yeah, big thing her is big that thing. Yeah. you know. And then we have. Uh, I, I guess we'll go down to yeah. this is I. Well, she's she actually I don't know if she's ever done much of anything else. Uh, she doesn't even have a link on. No. The, but Aquilina Soriano yep. played Lily Marsigan, who is the daughter of the dictator Bong Bong yep. and his wife Karina, who are based obviously on the Marcoses. Yeah, it's right, obviously exactly. it's a Ferdinand and Melda Marcos thing. Like right. like they're in exile in Beverly Hills yes. and they're obviously dictators. They have they have uh, you know, like Secret Service following them all the time and they're dressed and look exactly like like the kind of outfits and clothes and yeah. hairstyles that Ferdinand and Melda Marcos had. Uh, and so she and she usually wears sunglasses. Right. Like she like they all have like Ray Bans on all the time. So bizarre. And uh, but um and yeah, like they're and they're from a somewhere in Southeast Asia, you know, right. like you know, obviously not the real Philippines, because uh, you know that like, would be wrong. That would right. be weird, but they maybe the fact that like like his name is Bong Bong might be the another area where they we get a little bit more Asian racism yeah, than we just, need. But we actually but don't even very, really we don't even hear his name until at like. Almost At one point, she's introducing. Yeah. She's like, oh, bong bong. Nice yeah. to or, see you. Or I thought she says, like, you know, should I call you dictator? Or, or, or and then he bong. says, and he says, you can call me bong bong. So, like, he introduces himself. Yes, exactly. Name, so. Right. And I'm not saying, like, yeah, yeah, like, again, like, it could be that that's a real name, but I don't think it is. You know, I know the Vietnamese money is called a dong, so I know that, you know, yeah. like, these things can happen. And it can be very funny in the translation for, for Westerners who don't right. know. But I don't think it's, um, yeah. So yeah, they, and uh, she basically she doesn't really do all together that much. Although she does, they, she does have one of the better lines in the movie where she talks about her, her you know, that her her parents uh, basically uh, like taught her how to launder money and crush a revolution. Oh, yeah. Launder money and crush a revolution are the two things she knows how to do. That's very funny. You know, and uh, like so yeah, 
And she's a cute little Asian kid. That's yeah, all she's adorable. Yeah, yeah, she's adorable. Uh, and then uh, you, uh, and then we've got Tasha Scott rounding out the token file. She's right. the token black girl because oh, right. they have the token Asian girl. Right, right, right. And her, she is the outspoken daughter of a well-known boxer. As a uh, well-known and she, boxer. her father is so obviously supposed to be Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah, like the actor. I can't remember the actor's name, but he's a that guy who just has a very similar face to Sugar Ray yeah. Leonard, like a very like. Very smooth baby face with heavy eyebrows. Yeah. You know, like that Sugar Ray Leonard look. He's obviously supposed to be. Like, yeah. you know, and, and she's like, and she's the one who like, you know, will get in people's faces and everything. You know, And she's the one who knows how to sing, which will be useful. Yeah, she raps because, later. Because we are in a Jeff Canu movie, right. which means there's going to be a musical number. Uh, always. Every time. And uh, then we have... Uh, uh, Heather Hopper plays Tessa de Blasio, the daughter of two well-known movie directors. And she is, before we get into, her, her, the, into their director father, yeah. or Zuck, so there's, there's a gray area here, uh, she is like, you know, though she's not Jewish uh, or not coded Jewish, she is kind of got like the Woody Allen-esque. Yes. Like, like she's got that hypochondriac knows a lot, but because she's gone to a lot of therapists. Right. She Not a hypochondriac. I don't know why I said that, but she's got like she's that. She's an analyst. She's like, a, yeah, she's like kind of a, uh, a long, an armchair analyst. It's okay, she, she's me. She's, yeah, she's, she's, she's very interested well, she's, in. Well, she's probably been to a lot of therapists herself. Yeah. You know, like she's, she's from the Hollywood culture of ther- going to therapists all the time. And so she's always using like you know, cod psychological terms to describe situations. And, right. And she's got enormous glasses. Like, you know, like they're like the size of the magic old Navy ladies. Yes, uh, like they're huge. Sunglasses. Click on her though, because I want to see if she's, what else she's done. She's oh, not, she's, she's not anybody. She's probably, well, she might be on IMDb. Oh, uh, well, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. All right. And, uh, yeah. And, and but, well, going on to her parents. Oh, so are her though. parents, right. Or her dad. And her parent, her dad is, is a movie director and it's implied that her, you know, her other parent is too. And, I did not catch this watching this the one time, and Allie's never caught this. But when I was looking up, because I saw in the credits that Willie Garson is in this movie, and I didn't remember seeing him. Yeah, I thought maybe he was the and he played the a character named Bruce. Off, yeah. But like apparently, looking it up, he plays, you know, like according to the internet, he plays the you know the other director father of of her, and that she has two dads, which is not very clear. And if it is, it's very subtly done. If it is, yeah, I thought it was just her assistant director, and he was just driving her around. Me for too. The day. I thought it was because there wasn't a lot of familial right. affection between any of them. And right, her. I didn't. So catch I didn't it. catch it. And I'm wondering if that's just like a like someone's fan theory because Willie Garson, you know, is you know the obviously gay guy on right. uh, Sex in the City and everything, and I believe he's gay. As I think he actually is gay, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. I think so, so I'm wondering it's because he's you know because he's a gay man that like oh he must be playing the gay character. Yeah. Because I didn't really catch it, but I made I mean I'm I'm probably not going to be rewatching this no. anytime soon to confirm. Right. But yeah, it's 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 possible that like that they're implying that and we just missed it. Right. Um. But uh, not really sure. And then we're going down. We got Amy Foster as Claire Sprance. The uh, she's a child actress, uh, you know, and she's also a daughter of a successful romance novelist. And her father's a lawyer. And yeah. they, her whole family uh, has a very incidental like roles to this whole movie. Yeah. In that her her mother is um, God, I can't remember. Uh, the actress's name is Stephanie Beecham, and she's been in a lot of stuff. She played Sister Kate, yeah. which is how I, I finally realized I recognized her yes. originally. Yes. Uh, but she's an English actress, um, you know, and she's got like that fabulous English accent, not like the oh god blimey governor stupid English accent. You know, she has like the you know like the the upper class haughty British accent, and she's a romance novelist. And you see her and Claire basically taking notes on a book together like she's helping her write the sex scenes so weird like it's very it's very strange and her and her and her and her husband is a guy who for a, for some reason i thought was max bear jr but he's actually just a that guy mm. that like you see all the time and things and i can't remember i 
forgot to write the actor's name down. Um, and Amy Foster, I, I, what she did other things. She was on something, and I can't remember. Yeah, she looks like, really familiar. She's oh, she's she, oh, she played Margot Kramer on Punky Brewster. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. 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 Which yeah. is probably why they they have her as the child, the star child here. star. Right. Yeah. So it makes and, perfect sense. And I guess I, there's not much on her as no, a character either. You not know? really. I mean, she's just in there. Yeah. And then that, that's basically all the girls in the in the troupe. Yeah. And then there's also, you've got two other girls. Uh, Audra Lindley plays uh, Velda Temple. Uh, not Velda Temple. No, sorry. Audra Lindley. I'm, I'm wrong, wrong, Start wrong, again. Wrong. wrong. Audra Lindley is uh, is the, the leader of the of the Wilderness Girls for the Los Angeles County. And right. she, yeah, yeah. Who basically is kind of Velda's puppet dictator because Velda really runs the show. Right. Uh, and then uh, I was Dinah Lacey, who's I don't think got any other credits either, as Cleo Pinder, Plinder, Velda's daughter. Right. And she's the one that, like, and she and Velda are kind of, uh, they're, they they have really not a very close relationship. No. Like, it's so obvious their entire relationship is scouting and winning. And winning. Uh, to the point where when Velda, like, betrays and tra- and cheats and breaks her ankle cheating. Yeah. It says in Wikipedia falls into a bear trap, but I'm not sure if that's a real bear trap because I think of a bear trap as the thing yeah, that clamps, clamps on your leg. Yeah, clamps together, right. Like, it looks like she just falls into a hole. Yeah. I, I don't think that's supposed to be a trap of any sort. It looks like a natural hole to right, me. Right, right. Um, but um, she... But when she falls in the hole, basically, she's like, help me get up and get me, get me a splint so we can go, like, and she's like, no, mother, we're going to leave you behind. Yeah. You know, because you're going to drag us behind. You're going to drag yeah. us. You're, you're dead weight now. Yeah, dead weight. And Bye-bye. so she ditches her. And she has a sidekick. Who's, which. Who's a lot more famous, uh, you know, as far as, which is, uh, who also probably got this job due to connections, let's be honest, uh, is uh, Tori, Tori Spelling. Spelling. Is, and I don't know if this is her first role, but uh, it's definitely the first thing I've, uh, the oldest. The best part about her is she actually looks tan. In this yeah. movie. Yeah, and the weirdest thing about Tori Spelling is Tori Spelling, as character, I guess Jamie's her name, like she's like Cleo's friend, is that Jamie and Cleo are the Culver City girls. Right. And it's clearly implied that they are not nearly as rich. Right. So it's weird that that she's like mocking the Beverly Hills. Uh, yep. It's, oh, and I, I, I went to mention this at the beginning. Just like, as we said, like Revenge of the Nerds is kind of a slobs versus slobs movie when you get down to it. This is weirdly enough a... This is like snobs versus slobs. Yeah. It's like the reverse because the heroes are the snobs. Yeah. It's like they're the ones who are discriminated against for being too rich and too too pampered, and they and just they don't understand how they don't, to... they're not tough enough right. and they're weak. It's the weird. It's a weird it's movie a where basically movie. the very wealthy kids are the are the ones who are the who are underprivileged in this. Jeff Canoe has a type. Yeah, I guess so. So yeah, and so yeah, like yeah, Tori Spelling is surprisingly tan in this movie. She doesn't have a very she's, she's a very small she has a very small part yeah, too. It's like she she's does. not like it's it's if it weren't for the fact she's got a very recognizable face. Right, we never. We'd never I, I'm literally looking at it going, oh my god, that's Tori Spelling. That's Tori Spelling, yeah. and we both looked it up and we're like, yep, it is. It was yeah. just bizarre. And then the movie is larded, larded, with, larded with cameos. It's like larded, as in like we we went as it, as in marbled with fat, marbled with, with the fat, fat of cameos, cameos, and like most people are playing themselves. Yeah, which is just you know weird. like you've got like 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 uh, the first of the cameos that you see is at one point you see a couple named Frankie and Annette going by and Those arguing with each I don't other. Know who they are right, you know, and it's, it's so obviously people. obviously Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello, <laughs> doing their, and they're basically straight up doing their beach party characters. Which is funny, this movie came out uh, a little bit after Back to the Beach, so they were kind of back in the national consciousness enough that people probably would have recognized them, you know, a little more obviously. Um, and at one and at one point you get like there during the talent show. Not, that's not a talent show. It's like they, they, they hold like a weird gala to yeah. sell cookies. Yeah. <laughs> like it is ridiculous. It's this ridiculous. friggin' movie. Yeah, somehow the, the Culver City kids have thwarted the Beverly Hills kids. 
And I will say the movie raises on the selling cookies angle. They're supposed to sell a certain number of amount of right. cookies to be able to go to the Jamboree. And it, it does actually address the thing that any one of the members of this uh, troop's parents are rich enough to just buy all the cookies. Yes, they do. They do address but they, that. But they do say... That's kind of, not the point. That, like, no, that's not the point. Although they then, they then they use their vast resources and spend even more money to make sure that they're in a situation where they can get that. So yeah, I don't know. I, because again, you know, like I, I used to, I've had to sell things for school, yeah. like fundraising and stuff. And I never, uh, my parents never could afford to hold a gala hosted by oh Robin Leach as himself with, again, as mentioned, a rockin' mullet. Yeah. Just a fantastic mullet. I, I like, I never, I, I like my memory of Robin Leach was always his hair was shorter than that. But I guess the late 80s, early 90s was really when the mullet hit like its complete apex. I have many pictures. Of like people with their yeah, mullets. your brother. My brother has one. Well, of them. your brother never had one like 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 no, 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 no. or like or like when Dennis Miller like had that incredible mane of hair, <laughs> you know. But um, or or like Patrick Swayze and Kurt Kurt Russell, all, like they just had these manes at that time yeah. of just just adorable man mullets. Man and so Robin, mullets. but Robin Leach does his and oh, my my favorite part of the Robin Leach cameo is the look. Like he, he's not an actor; he's a presenter, and he cannot mask his self-loathing and having to say his catchphrase with re- like cookie like changing champagne wishes and caviar dreams to like cookie wishes and something dreams yeah. and you can just see in his heart of heart it's like that picture going around like that 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 video going around of te- of uh Chris Christie sitting in the back of the Trump rally and you can see like his soul gradually disappearing dying, yeah. and dying that's like you just see for a fleeting second Robin Leach has this moment of like knowing his star is on the decline, yeah. and that like the peak mid eighties like is is ending for him, and like he's de- he's he's been reduced. And to it's this. so sad because had he embraced it, would have actually been hilarious. I mean, he's, it looks like he's trying to embrace it, but deep in his heart, he, he knows. Just can't, yeah. You know, so yeah, Robin Leach plays himself, and right after that, like they introduce like uh, Doctor Joyce Brothers. Yep. Like shows up, like because Doctor Joyce Brothers is basically someone famous for being Doctor Joyce Brothers. Right. Like literally, she I believe she started out, if I'm not mistaken, she started out as a contestant on those '50s game shows, probably the ones that were fixed. Yeah. Quiz show, and like she kind of became like a go-to on talk shows as let's get this famous psychologist on to talk about things, and then she turned into a go-to for a cameo of someone playing a famous psychologist. Yep. <laughs> you know, so like like basically Joyce Brothers as herself is the role that she will always appear, and I'm sure yes. her IMDb credits are just a wall of Joyce um, Brothers as, as herself. herself. Yeah. And uh, you randomly get, you get Cheech. Cheech Marin. Playing himself at one point. Like he, I can't remember what he does. He buys some cookies or something, I guess. Right. He's at the party. He's at the party. Yeah, whatever. And Ted, it's so funny because there's a moment where Ted McGinley shows up and I swear to shit God, I thought, because it didn't look quite like uh, Ted McGinley to me. I thought I was like, oh my God, like Jeff Canoe couldn't even get Ted McGinley and he got a guy who looked just like him. And then I realized it was Ted McGinley playing himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's funny because like, it's like all I can think then is apparently I think Jeff Canoe and Ted McGinley, uh, may, may, maybe they got a relationship kind of like, uh, kind of like the way that Sam Raimi has a relationship with Bruce Campbell, Yeah, <laughs> you know, where it's like, he's going to show up. Gonna You're going to have up. a role for him, you yeah. know, like that's my guess. I, I, I mean, I haven't gone through his filmography to make sure, really but funny. it's not like Ted McGinley's ever been too proud to take a role. Oh no, <laughs> you know, never. Always so yeah, this is our second movie in a row also with Ted McGinley. Yes. And of course, uh, uh, noted 80s punchline Pia Zadora also, who I guess she's mainly a punchline because she was in that one movie that won the Golden Globe and she, her, it was produced by her very rich, much older than her husband. Yeah. And it's pretty much like, 
common knowledge, and this is why the Golden Globes were so like disrespected for so many years. It's pretty much common knowledge that he basically bought her an award. Yeah, yeah. You know, because so horrifying. Yeah, but uh, and Piazzadora, I, I, I give her credit. She's rolled with the punches and rolled with being a punchline yeah. for basically most of her adult life. Um, you know, she was a child actor, by the way. Yes, she I was know. in the mystery science, uh, mystery scienced, uh, Santa Scienced. Claus, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians in the ah. 60s, where she played Germar, oh. the girl Martian. Girl Mar. And her brother, Bomar. Boy. And her mother, Mamar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your delights. God, that was a stupid fucking movie. Oh man. That Anyone else stupid. in the in the? Uh... Yeah. Um, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, oh, yeah. answers the door as himself. Yeah. And I, I I was really hoping at one point he would totally break down and like is like I wanted the kid to be like, are you Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? And have him go, no, I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. My name is Roger Murdoch. I'm an airline pilot. I'm pretty sure my dad says. <laughs> I don't know the, the lines, but you, the line. you know you want to go in. Just tell me. Tell me the rant. No, tell me the I'm rant. Doing it. No, I actually, I, I, I'm requesting this for our viewers. We, I didn't let you do the Revenge of the Nerds rap, even though you, you deeply wanted to. I, I request from the bottom of my heart. Why is Kareem Abdul Jabbar not like? Why is he so angry at that kid's dad? <laughs> um, you're Kareem Abdul Jabbar. You play, you play basketball for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, sorry, kid. You must have had me confused with someone else. You are Kareem. I've seen you play. My dad's got season tickets. Sorry, kid. My name is Roger Murdoch. I'm an airline pilot. I think, um, I say that you're the best, but my dad says you don't work hard enough on defense. And he says that lots of times um, you don't even run down court and that you don't really try, except during the playoffs. The hell I don't. <laughs> now, keep going. Like, ah. There's four. You try <laughs> Come on, come on. She's do- by the way. She doesn't have like IMDb open. This has all been from memory. This is all from memory. If you watch Airplane with her, she will say every line like a half second before it's uttered. Okay. It is impossible to deal with, but it's hilarious. The hell I don't. I've been hearing that crap ever since I was at UCLA. I'm out there busting my buns every night. Tell your old madman to drag Walton. I don't know this guy's name and whatever his name is up and down the court for 48 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the dude's names because he says them really. He like jumbles them. And I can't I remember who. I, I can't it's remember like who it Wal, is. Wal, Wal, Walden and this was Hero early '80s. The, the only yeah, the only Lakers names. I knew were the late '80s Lakers, and yeah. I don't think I don't think any of the people uh, other than my other brain than like my there. brain kind of like goes during those I don't two know. names. I don't know when, but Jan- I know what he's saying. Yeah. there, you know. Yeah, it, but yeah, I, I'm just I'm just fairly impressed at how much of this movie like she can recite. Pretty I literally much know the entire band. movie. Yeah, it, it like and even if she hasn't seen it in years, she'll still like True. say it. I love this movie. Um, so um, that that and th- I feel like there's other camp. I think that there's like a well-known stylist who uh, appears at one point oh, to compliment right. to compliment Shelley Long's dress, and that's a good segue. Too. Oh, the dresses, the outfits. The, the, the oh costumes God. that Shelley Long wears oh in this God. movie. They're... And, like, I'm glad this movie is a comedy and kind of, it's not really a satire, but it's kind of a, a, a it's kind of a, a you know, a, a, a heightened reality comedy. Yeah. Because these dresses They're are, the most avant-garde. They're, like, they're like runway fashion crazy. They are Project Runway. Like, the they are the avant-garde challenge mixed with the, 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 the fashion fi- forward. The fa- no, the find your, like... The, oh, the found, found object, like thing. the found object challenge, whatever they oh call it. Oh my god! It. Yeah, like, some of this, like, like there's one outfit where she looks like a candy that would be in a glass dish at my grandmother's <laughs> house. 
There's another one where she's got like, you know, the flying nun had those things off to the side, but she has them on her shoulder, her shoulders and off of her sides. Like it's literally a dress where she'd have to turn sideways to walk through doors. She looks that. She looks It's like a bustle, but it's off her hips. Yeah. It's more like buttresses. Yeah. She looks like if you took a paper plate and you folded it and then like stuck stuck through it. Yeah. It's exactly it. That is, that is dead on. It is, it is. And like, and for the highlight, I, 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 I keep thinking these these dresses like each dress is like the most ridiculous thing. Like at at one point near the end, she has a dress on that has (laughs) this enormous stylized bird attached to the shoulder, like it's swooping at her left tit, and it kill her. And it is it's like this huge black crow like thing, and then. It's so ridiculous that I spent so much time staring at it that it took me like two or three minutes of that scene to realize that also it has these buttons that are like the size of saucers on it because I was so caught up on that fucking bird. Like the outfits she wears are out of control. There's there's a scene where she's in a mermaid dress and a sun hat clipping an orange tree with a pair of shears. Like like, it looks like kitchen scissors. There's tiny little garden shears and she's just trimming like one leaf and another. It's the most ridiculous thing. And it's obvious. Obviously done but like effect. like her outfits are like they're so insane and she has this bright orange molly ringwall like oh, orange hair. permed hair throughout the whole movie and she's made up she has so much blue eyeshadow on oh, for people who don't remember the 80s may i may i suggest blue, blue eyeshadow, eyeshadow was way more important Speaking at that of time which, thank you for reminding me of that because when i uh I, i'm going to an 80s party and when i do that i better get my blue eyeshadow yeah on. definitely you want to get that blue eyeshadow yeah, on better make and, that happen uh, you, you might want to not pluck your eyebrows for like uh, the next week and a half just 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 have get my, that madonna my get that madonna unibrow <laughs> no thanks that i think i will take care of thank you the brook shields yeah no thanks I can I can darken woman. them, but I definitely need to get the like stray hairs out of there. That's I remember there was a stand-up that a song about sung to Pretty Woman about Brooke Shields. It was like Preppy Woman walking down the street. Preppy Woman, why do your eyebrows meet? meet. <laughs> you know, which uh, reminds me of us. Oh yes. <laughs> How does our son have two eyebrows? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How did our son have blonde hair? Living in my, to be honest, my brother had two eyebrows as a kid and. Yeah, not Look anymore. No. Not so, so sorry, son. Yeah, my bro. I used to joke when in the uh, in the in the '90s, back when undercuts were popular the first time around. Yeah. I had the, I had like kind of that undercut, and I used to I used to joke it, like that all I would have to do to dress up as Bert from Sesame Street was make my hair spike up straight <laughs> because I basically had the unibrow <laughs> <laughs> and the you know and, the, and, and 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 black dyed black hair only on the top. Oh my god, that's funny. That's actually really funny. Um. So yeah. Um. I. Yeah, I don't think there's like we're much really like to say. it's so funny we're like we'll just do this by the characters and I'll sum up the movie there's all this shit that happened in the movie that like, I'm gonna have to go through my notes actually make sure because I feel like, like I've forgotten things it's not even that things. important because it's all just like weird shit it's like oh yeah like, like, I, I just want to get some of the random yeah, moments in the it. movie because yeah the movie doesn't really have a plot so let's just get some some, some movies like I mean I told the plot I told the yeah, plot in the beginning like yeah basically yeah like uh, so uh like the movie begins like there's there's a scene in the beginning of the movie with like this incredibly painful montage of brand names because yes. which makes sense because it's a movie about Beverly Hills and consumption and you and like the whole movie is like just shot after shot of like here's the Beverly Hills Hotel here's the you know here's Rodeo Drive here's Kristoff's here's Spago here's the original Jane Fonda's workout yeah. you know it's all like the rich 80s like trendy ass things um and uh 
Let me see. Um, they do have one fat shaming moment where they are trying to sell the cookies. Oh right god, outside. yeah, that's gross. When they're selling the cookies out, out, like and like all the, like outside a workout, and all the skinny women are walking by, and then you see the fat women in their leotards go run up. There's one thin woman that comes in. It's just terrible. It's, yeah, and even that thin woman was very muscular, so it almost yeah. was like, well, the mannish woman. Yeah, you know? it's terrible. Because <laughs> remember, in the '80s, you weren't, you know, you, like there. The only woman that was allowed to be remotely like masculine androgynous was Grace Jones. Yeah, because she was Grace Jones. She was Grace Jones. You know, and uh, there's a lot of Evian jokes. This is, we still thought Evian was funny. Oh, yeah. Like, rich people drinking Evian. Like, bottled water in general in the 80s was like, it was a joke for making fun of rich people. Right. It, it wasn't until sometime in the 90s that people went like, ah, our taps are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. She's, which is funny, because I grew up in a community with bad tap water, because it was right by the ocean. It had really hard water. Right. And we actually, but we didn't drink bottled water in the sense of, like, like we didn't buy Evian, but we did actually, um, like, we would actually go to the reverse osmosis plant and bring, like, empty empty milk cartons and mm. fill or, or or water bottles like gallon jugs and fill them up with as much water as we wanted because that's how you could get like potable drinking yeah. water because you really didn't want to drink like the water that came out of your tap. taps yeah um but um so there's a let me see oh you have a, a other another actress that pops up here uh harriet uh from both perfect strangers and uh and uh later uh Family Matters. Oh, right. The mom from Family Matters, right, who was right. the security guard in Perfect Strangers, and that was how it was spun off. Right. Uh, was there? Uh, who was again wife to Reginald Vell Johnson? So we have a we have a diehard connection because yeah, yes. well, we like to believe that Reginald Vell Johnson's character uh, from the diehard movies is also the character from Family Matters. Yes. That he's moved to Chicago. Um, oh, oh, another uh, realization about midway through the movie, I came to the realization that I mean, and I've been familiar with her work and other things. I've seen her in things. I never realized how much Betty Thomas looked like Josh Charles. Oh yeah, that was like, a great moment. Like I'm suddenly looking and I'm like, Jesus, Christ, she has Josh Charles' face in this movie. Though in this movie, yeah. yeah. At that point, her her exact age at that movie, and like she has Josh Charles's nose, That's eyes, eyebrows, like jawline. You could do a side by side, and it would be it's, pretty it's, scary. It's disturbing, you know. And oh yeah, we didn't talk about Mary. We didn't talk very much about Mary Gross. Mary, oh character. yeah, Mary Gross's character. Mary Gross is uh, she once again Mary Gross also has a type. Mary Gross tends to play like kind of the mousy woman. Yeah. You know, and she's she's kind of a character. She actually works directly for the Wilderness Girls. She's not a mother. Right. Like, she's not a mother working with them. She has no she has no children. She right. has no husband. She doesn't have a boy. She at one point she says, Do you have any boyfriends? She's like, Well, depends on what you mean by boyfriend. If you mean someone that I well, it depends da- on what you mean by boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. If you mean if you mean someone that I da- you know, that I'm dating, then no. But if you mean a boy who's my friend, then no. no. You know, like she's kind of like she plays like but she's originally sent in to spy. On uh, the the these girls by Velda, uh, you know she pretends to be their helper, and she's basically uh, she's Velda's assistant, and basically Velda says if she doesn't do it, she's gonna she, you want to be back at Kmart because this movie has a like much of 1989, yeah. 1989 had a serious hard on for making fun of Kmart. Yeah, you know, I mean Rain Man, this it's yeah, just like it was a lot. I mean yeah, Kmart's a shitty store that, that poor people shop at, but like it it really like it makes working at Kmart or shopping at Kmart being like it's it's a rock bottom thing. Right, so she keeps making making jokes about her being like a blue light special yeah like it's like this cruel joking about that but so Mary it's like at one point she cuts apart a wilderness girl's handbook to hide an old fashioned like side like those like, little like, like horizontal 120 cameras, cameras yeah. like the horizontal cameras in the binding and they they were pointing the edge of the book and clicking the camera because this is the days before you could have like mini like phone cameras and e- and easily take creeper pictures and the best part it makes this enormous yeah, it makes noise really it's big like loud. it's like if you don't it's like if you notice. don't mute your phone and you yeah. try to take a picture of someone on the bus or something that looks weird you know and you're like oh crap yeah. you know like it, like I'm surprised it didn't have a huge flashbulb <laughs> 
it's absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, she ends up because she sees the way Velda uh, like is like cruelly treating like the, 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 these these kids and yeah. everything. She realizes that that she's on the wrong side and she abandons that. Yep. At the gala, actually. Uh, at the gala, yeah. And she she throws a, that that uh, that camera in the trash, and goes uh, basically like becomes their ally in this until and and she was going to like help them through the, the the final jamboree like through the woods thing, but Velda fires her at the last minute right. and says you know like you 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 know I'm your supervisor, you're fired, you can't like as a, you're not an employee, you're no longer allowed to come with and help them, yep. and that's why Shelley Long has to do it herself, even though she's completely poorly equipped for that in fact she even tried to quit Shelley Long tried to quit yeah. before doing this because she was aware she's like what am I doing she has like a moment of realization that like like which is uh, the funniest thing about this movie is how unself-aware she is for most right. of it but she has this moment of realization right before the the, the act three that what am I doing like, I'm gonna and she's gonna di- I'm gonna hurt these kids I'm taking them out into the woods this isn't a joke yeah and she tries to disband them but the kids won't let her right you know um it's really funny. I, like again, I'm reading all these old '80s X-Men at the time, and I'm reading a lot of the New Mutants, which is basically like teenage kids with superpowers who aren't supposed to go out and fight, but they end up having to do it all the time. And it has that same sort of feel where the yeah. adults are always trying to keep them out of trouble, and they're like, "No, we're going to do this," uh-huh. <laughs> you know. Um, but um, yeah, so uh, that that is a that's the other I thing. I feel like yeah, like I, I like that. That's that, and uh, there's there's little other bits and pieces like at one point there's a there's a terrible joke about she's watching TV in her house with opera glasses because her room's so big <laughs> right. you know um, she falls out of the oh and when, when they when she takes them camping the first time it starts raining there's oh, yeah. a weird cinematography or directing moment where like the rain comes so suddenly and so hard that it look, suddenly looks like they're in Jurassic Park yeah, I mean it's, it's like that's really like the T-Rex part of Jurassic Park yeah. it's so strange because they were in this open desert and suddenly it feels like they're in a lush tropical rainforest yeah, it's really bizarre <laughs> you know and, and a lot of this movie like because they're the rich girls you know who are like like made of privilege and they get to go to the hotel when it starts raining and all this stuff this movie feels like it's done from the point of the views of the villains of a different camping movie yes yes like like we're watching a movie where like there's like another movie being made about the culver city girls consistently like failing like to defeat these rich kids who don't deserve to win yes you know and uh you know, and uh, the other things I think we went like I, you know, before we get uh, before you try to wrap things up because I, oh. I there's a, there's a couple things I yeah, do want to do. Yeah, no, go. Is uh, the the mu- the music in this movie other than the incredibly terrible uh, you know Beach Boys song we've already yeah. gone into is this movie is loaded with public domain yes. remixes of yes. like, 80s versions of songs. It's like Kumbaya for all of, of that. Um, there's also a scene where like like they do a medley of 60s dances. <laughs> Which is pretty hilarious, and I think this it was—I think it was just—I think it was just because uh, Shelley Long can do all these old '60s dances. Maybe. I don't think—I feel like that was 100. percent Yeah. Why they uh, Why they put that in the movie? So weird. Um, That's when they're trying to get all their badges. Yeah, they're trying to get all their badges, and so like one of the things is like dancing, and but like you also hear like a really sh- sleazy, jazzy, shitty version of "Row, Row Your Boat," which means maybe Jeff Canoe also has like a thing for that song because <laughs> it's two movies in a row with that. Like, there's just public domain music all throughout this. Uh, freaking thing you know um then you you also have um at one point she's talking about uh like how to do like to do something and she she mentioned something like 200 thread count sheets oh yeah for the hotel and i don't know 200 thread count 
That's not that much. That's not that much. Like if 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 the, if her idea of luxury sheets is two hundred thread count, like what in the hell are they wearing? Are they right. wearing sandpaper? Two hundred thread count like sheets cost like eight dollars. Yeah. <laughs> the like, weirdest thing. I like I'm like wait, it's like did, did the person making this movie just not do their research about it was what thread? Just bizarre. Just I think bizarre. our sheets are like four hundred and they're not like that nice. Yeah, exactly. Like that was just weird. <laughs> like yeah, and like and oh, and this movie also has like something that you don't normally see in a movie outside of the third act. And this is, oddly enough, the second time we've had a movie that has it. A shitty rich woman falling off of a boat. Yes. Because <laughs> it's not, it's the middle of the movie. That's right, it is the middle like, of the movie. It's like, at, that ends their relationship, the, the dead-end cul-de-sac relationship where Craig T. Nelson was going to marry his realtor. Like, she, like, she falls off the boat uh, due, to, due to some misadventures, and she says she needs a lifesaver, and, uh, and uh, Long like, reaches into her purse and says, yeah. which flavor? <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and, and and of course you get Shelley Morrison making being an incredible Hispanic stereotype and saying uh, badges we don't need we no stinking badges. badges. So yeah, that was that like they, like yeah. Oh, and and uh, the new girlfriend also had the worst designing women earrings. <laughs> she had these, you know, like she had those earrings like, like you watch an '80s sitcom, you have to take your earring off to talk on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and of course I mentioned there was a music number. Um, the rap. Yeah. Like song. the rap song, like about being, I don't know, rich and selling cookies. Drink, yeah, I, eating cookies. Eating cookies. It's, cookie it's, it's absolutely stupid. It is ridiculous. Um, and the, with Cheech Marin's appearance, I think I, I decided at this point that these cameos are right out of the Spice World playbook where it's like, we're just going to have them and we're not even going we're not gonna to. Comment we're not going to have. No, we're not going to comment on it. We're not even going to pretend it's anything but a cameo. Yeah. It's not like we've naturally got this character in a situation no. where you could run into Cheech Marin. No. It's just, oh, look, Cheech, how are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's exactly so like, it is. it is so ridiculous. You know, oh, that, and then at some point she gets the out-of-work actor. Um, she connects him up with the director, and he now has a job. So, like, now everybody's all happy. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah. like Yeah, Cheech is, like, somehow the instrument. No, not Cheech. Not Cheech. It's, it's Shelley Long. Who Shelley connects Long up connects Cheech. Pa- no, back off. No more Cheech. I just want to think about Cheech. I like saying Cheech. Shelley Long connects up the out-of-work actor dad. Oh, with, with the, the director, director dad. Dad. Oh yeah. And matchmaker, matchmaker. <laughs> what? No, he's doing. He's doing the Godfather. Oh, you're singing matchmaker because she matched. Them she matched. She match made them. She match made them for work. So she's the movie Yenta. Yes, she's the movie Yenta. Good job. Yeah. So, Good job, um, honey. Yeah, and then, oh, and, and we there's some big things I think you're going to definitely want to talk about in the finale. Like, first of all, like as a as a side note, because of my childhood watching a ton of the Mash TV show, nothing can be set in the Hollywood Hills for me. No, because I'm like, why are they in Mash? Yeah, why are they? Well, are they in Korea? Because yeah. <laughs> that's you know the jamboree is out in those same Hollywood Hills that are always everything. Yes. Um, there's a side note at, during the the beginning of the event when oh by the way these little shitty girls like. Our heroes show up in like limos painted with their logos to for this event, which I'm like, I'm sorry, that doesn't make you very sympathetic in my no, view. Not at all. <laughs> like they, it's ridiculous how how pampered they are throughout the movie. Um, but uh, I mean, it is funny as hell because they, they are like it, it's like this movie defies you to like the heroes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. but like at, like when Velda fires the starting pistol in the air, there's a joke like this used a million times in other things where the, the dead bird falls immediately yes. to the ground on her. And I've always wondered why that happens in movies because I've used a starter pistol before. They don't actually fire a bullet. Yeah. They're just noise. They're just noise. Why would you carry a real gun to shoot straight in the air? People are terrible. You know, like, it, it, like that is the dumbest thing to do with a gun. And, um, 
like, but then we get to the thing, and this is the big climax of where they learn to use their abilities to get across a dangerous situation. Felda cuts the rope bridge. Right. And they get to the tree. And, and this can't. is where they they have to go across the tree, and the girl oh. wants to, and uh, the little girl wants to do it. She, she's like, "I'm a gymnast. There's like a, there's I can a, do it." There's a tree that has fallen. You have to explain it. Okay, they, yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a rope a tree, bridge over a chasm. Right, and there's a tree that has fallen, um, that they could actually climb. They could actually go across the tree trunk, which has to fallen the other side to the, the other rope. side because the rope bridge has been cut because Velda's a, a jerk. And in the very beginning of the movie, the little girl is Hannah is. Uh, crossing on a balance beam so you know that she's got the balance and she's able to do it she's a gymnast she's able to do it um and of course Shelly Long's like no you can't do that you know I'm your mother I'm the adult I'll here I have to do it now here's my issue and this is and the same issue we've had this. before I talked about this in Adventures and Babysitting it is you the are stupidest about tension to creator. cross a, a, a small narrow thing where you could fall to your death why are you walking why are you not on your hands and knees or or literally throwing your body down, shimmying. shimmying across on your belly, which which would give you the best center of gravity? Yeah, no, I like obviously the tree is firm enough that the tree's not going to fall. This isn't right. the problem. It's not rickety. It's a very thick tree, and it's very heavily it's and moving. firmly like it's very anchored. You never the, the threat is never that oh this tree is rickety. It's this tree is round, and therefore we can't stand on it very well. Is the problem? It, it is. It is the dumbest fake. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to feel just as tense watching someone climb like shimmy across a chasm as walk across. Yeah. But I'm not going to be as annoyed. Yeah. I'm like what the fuck? Are I you get pissed doing? off. So now, and not like like she has the arms out like out, a tightrope right. walker. It's the most ridiculous. So she starts walking. Of course, as she's going, she gets something happens. And she almost falls and she grabs on and Hannah comes out to Hannah the daughter comes out to try to fix her and then of course Hannah gets her foot caught and everybody's freaking out and then Shelly Long has to turn back around to go get her but she does it all standing like are you out of your freaking mind she even gets down on her hands and knees to help, help her, her out and out then they and all and then she stands up and walks and walk back off it's like the most ridiculous thing I'm like you people are idiots it's like, right up there with not with not jumping away from the ledge when you get off you know when you climb onto a ledge and you just lay there right next to the cliff you yes. know or the or the building edge yeah. that they do in movies it's like yeah. Get the frick away from the yeah, edge, get, you jackasses! Uh, so that was the most frustrating. So that, yeah, and 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 another bit of a like, I you know, I love you, Betty Thomas, but uh, if you're if you want to talk coffee acting, yeah, I want to talk injury acting, uh huh, because Betty Thomas has a broken ankle. Yep. It is established that it is definitely a broken ankle because uh, what's her name with the big glasses, uh, daughter, girl, uh, says, "Oh, contusions, this and that." Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. definitely a broken ankle. You know, they build up, they build like a little like sling sled thing to like drag her across the finish line and everything. But at the end, she delivers a monologue about like you, like she goes after these people and like and excoriates them for like being not true to the cause. It kind of reminds me, actually, not as good, but as uh, as Kirstie Alley, the other Cheers, uh, you know, love interest slash not love interest. Uh, reminds me of her uh, drop dead gorgeous rant. Oh yeah. You know, at the end where she rants off to the crowd, then runs through it and steals a car, steals a golf cart, yeah, I think, and drives off. Drives off. Yeah. But like, but she. At, about midway through that, like she clearly has forgotten that she's got a broken leg because she's not even hobbling really. Like no, she's just she's walking not. around she's walking angrily, around. you know. And it's she's just like just pa- she's there's pounding no, around. She's angrily. pounding. And she's stomping around. And it's like uh, she's she's had a broken leg that kept her from walking, and actually and is the reason thing, yeah. for the, the the movie ending the way it the did. Most ridiculous bad. It's like so so the moment she's angry, she her leg is fine. Yeah, it's you know, like because I gotta tell you, if anger could fuel injuries, <laughs> just show me. Fucking revenge of the nerds after I break my leg, and yeah. I will I will fuse it together stronger than before. 
There's your superpower right there. So yeah, I guess uh, we, we're 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 gonna go ahead and like we. I think we've covered pretty much everything in a, in a haphazard fashion this yeah. episode. Maybe maybe this format doesn't work as well for us as I, I was like hoping. it. Didn't but um, but uh, was Troop Beverly Hills worth revisiting? I mean, it was fine. It was a. I mean, it, you know what? It wasn't as is uh, delightful as I remember as a kid. Um, I mean, it has its flaws, but there were different things I saw in it as an adult that I didn't catch as a kid. So I think I do appreciate it, but like more ironically than yeah. I, that, you know, so like, was it worth revisiting? Yeah. Is it something I want to rewatch again? No, I don't need to rewatch it again. Like, it's yeah. not really a movie. Yeah, I'm like, right. I'm like, ah, oh, I really, oh, there's so much nostalgia here. Now right, it's like, yeah. eh. Was it worth watching? Yeah, you know what's funny is I think it was. I actually, I wouldn't say I liked this movie. Yeah. But I enjoyed watching it in like a, like it, it was a, good-natured, stupid movie. Yeah, it, it's, it's hard to find stupid movies that are kind of good-natured and enjoyable. Yeah. I was expecting a slightly different movie. I had always assumed, because I've heard of this movie since it came out, but I always kind of assumed it was going to be a movie that made Shelley Long suffer more. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's gonna be a lot of her having to like do awful icky things out in the camping, and she's like, "I'm too." Like well, they she, set I, that I, up in the in the cartoon part of it. Yeah, I know, and, and it all, but it, it feels like 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 it feels like to me like the movie I was expecting was like somehow she was forced to do this. Oh right, be, to be yes, a din, yes. to be a den mother. Well, not a den mother. That's, yeah. that's Cub Scouts, but like you know, whatever that is, the troop leader. Like I, I, like she had to do it for some reason or other. Like the, to keep her inheritance or something, I yeah. figured was like to like, not go to jail. You know, like the yeah. standard movie plot yeah. like, and it's like you know, seeing the Shelley Long prissy character get like reduced, you know, to having to do all these crazy outdoorsy right. things. But I, to be honest, in a weird way, I found it vaguely charming that she never really stops being herself. Herself, like even as she like starts to realize that she's be- more and better of a person than just someone to spend her husband's money. Yes, she still is someone who's got like exquisite tastes insane taste but yeah. you know like she's got wealthy t- expensive taste she's very prissy she doesn't want like she's grossed out by being out in the wilderness you know she can do it but even to, at the end you, you feel like she's just like okay I can do this because I have to but yeah. she's gonna go right back to her house and her Evian and yes, whatever exactly. there's no you know like it's 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 kind of but it it is it's a it's a good nature movie. It's not that funny. No. It's supposed to be a comedy. And it's not that funny, which is a big problem for it. Right. But like it it it, it reminds me of a time when like you could kind of make a, a a movie that's fairly unassuming comedy that you I don't feel like you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Because comedies either have to be super gross out or they have to be really smart and yes. edgy or yes. or just stupid Adam Sandler things because people go see see anything he does for some reason, you know like but like you don't. Like this is kind of the, like this is a, a bygone era where you could just kind of make a dumb movie. Yeah. That was eh, it's okay. We got a premise. We're gonna run with it. You know, we'll, it's, we'll it's have not, a bunch of cameos. I do and, like that. There is an element of like, yes, she does change, but she never has to change who she really is. Right. She's she, she's someone who literally smokes with a cigarette holder, and it's not an affectation. Yeah. It, does, it feels like that's how, of course, she. Oh yes, I like she just she's just that person yeah. she just she's like a she's like if Cruella DeVille was not evil yes she's like a non-evil Cruella DeVille yeah, that's a good uh, point. yeah like and so in, in a weird way she's awful but I find her charmingly awful yes like it's like again it's like it's like this whole movie is like a bunch of abfab outtakes yeah you know it's like it's it's like I wouldn't I wouldn't like a person like that in real life but as a character she's, fun. she's entertaining yeah she's fun and she, again she's not evil like no most, most her heart wealthy, is in it for the most right wealthy wealthy women like that act like her are presented as the villains yeah and she's not she's no. just 
She's just someone who happens to be insanely rich and kind of crazy with it and and and, and, and has no no concept of the real world anymore. And the truth is that like you see it because she wants to do this. She says at the beginning, I want to do this like I'm devoted yeah, she to wants Hannah. To be, she wants to she be wants part to of prove her life. She's a good wife and mother yeah. and that she's not like this awful person that her husband thinks she is. Right. You know, and and again, the the only the only turn in this punch bowl for me is the fact that it looks like they're getting back together at the end and frankly I I, I kind of wish she'd been like you know what I don't need you yes that would have been a great like moment. it would have been like if, like I've got this this is my life now yeah. even if even if she didn't get anything in the divorce and that like I work for the wilderness girls now and that's good enough yeah like, that would have been a fine ending yeah you know like and it would have been a little more satisfying to me because frankly Craig T Nelson didn't do anything to deserve, deserve her back her. and it's really hard for me to say that because yeah. generally speaking I probably would like to hang out with Craig T Nelson more than I want to hang out with Shelley Long well true but <laughs> you in know all I've heard he might be kind of a, yeah, a jerk well, in real life too but I don't know but yeah. So, uh, like again, yeah, I think it was worth watching. But you're right; I don't think it's worth rewatching. Yeah. It's 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 a movie to see once and go. Yeah, I remember those days of yeah. like it's it, it it brought me a weird nostalgia, even though I'd never seen it. For the days when movies were kind of stupid, yeah. but good naturedly stupid. Yeah, yeah for you sure. You know, like like where it's like, eh, you know, like I, I feel like it, like it, it's a mid range movie which Hollywood doesn't do anymore. Yes, you don't like it's it's all. This was low... another tax break. Like this was the reason yeah. this movie yeah. was made. But, this uh, is the no, Jeff Kinney well, tax was, break. Well, it's also well, it's also just the fact that like movie you used to have like you had blockbusters, you had low budget movies, and, and you had these mid range movies. Right? You don't really get mid range movies anymore. This is a Saturday afternoon movie. Yeah, it is. It's something that like comes on like T- TBS, like you know, and it's like oh, True Beverly Hills, and in this case. Like other than one or two like swears, you really like this movie. Like you could watch with yeah. very little editing. With no, you know, like there's no, there's no boobs. And, yeah. It's a kids movie. It's kids. It's it, a kids, you know, movie, it's a kids yeah. movie, really. Really. And yeah, so it, it's again, I would recommend watching it once. Yes. You're never gonna want to see it twice. Right. And you might think it's stupid and not really enjoy it, but you might not. But you you're know? not gonna hate it. You're, you're not gonna. gonna you're, walk not, away you're not gonna have enough energy to. You're hate not gonna walk around feeling bad about your life. But I can see why this movie was one of the like, like Shelley Long just never found a vehicle that was like smart enough for it. She honestly probably should have stayed with Cheers. Like she never found a vehicle that like really worked for her in a way that would have made her a star right like this almost this is like one step above a tv movie and you know like it's so like it doesn't you know like i don't know why she thought like leaving cheers leaving television for this was a smart movie and i feel bad for her because if she had come of age now there would have been no question about oh i'll leave this successful show to do movies because tv has, has enough respect right you know that it wouldn't have mattered but yeah that's that's it um i guess uh that's enough rambling from us uh I'm looking for... We we have a web presence. Yes, we do. Go ahead. Uh, we are at matchmadeinspace.com. Uh, you can email us at matchmadeinspace at gmail.com. Uh, you can also you can obviously find us on iTunes. I hope that's how you found us because you should subscribe to us and then rate and review us on iTunes. And uh, I'm not really sure how to get us on other platforms that I'm really lazy. So if we if we ever do, I'll, I'll, I'll let you all know. Um... And I guess you can follow us on Twitter at MMIS Podcast. You can follow uh, Allie at Allie, A-L-I underscore Goodman. Mm-hmm. You can follow me at Hitler Puncher. And we also do another podcast, uh, A Hard Gray's Night, which is uh, Allie forcing me to go through the back episodes of Gray's Anatomy in chronological order and discuss them. Yes. So, um, like I, it, it is the internet's most reluctant Grey's Anatomy podcast. Yes, it is. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's basically it. Allie's looking on her phone for something. I'm you want to do a find, shout out? I do. I'm looking for, um, but I don't want to call him out by name, so I don't. I don't know if he follows us, so I'm having a hard time. But I know he listens to us, so um, um, I'm going to show you the name, and then you tell me what his Twitter handle is, so that I'm not calling people out um, incorrectly. Oh, uh, that's Hockey Night. 
Oh, Hockey Night. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I couldn't find them. Uh, I, I, I know Hockey Night CT. Yeah, oh, Hockey. It, well, uh, that's because uh, old forklift got uh, got yeah. on got on there first, and I don't think he cares as much as uh, as. Well, you know, you, you know, got to be careful. Because CT has to protect it, protect his complete uh, his internet persona of non-existent person. Uh, uh, no, I see. Oh, oh, oh no, I'm Pursu- sorry, nondescript person. Nondescript person. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, his, so he's his, uh, you so know, he's you notice chi- his, he's the chase. Did you of, not? Did you not notice his uh, his uh, Twitter avatar? Hockey Night CT's Twitter Twitter avatar is Dick Tracy villain the blank. Yes, that's yeah. the joke. Oh, I didn't get it. Okay, I think he I, he probably would have kept it an egg, but uh, you know, like mm. that makes you look like some sort of sexist racist yeah. jerk that's Crazy. attacking celebrities. Yeah. Um, bye bye uh, Milo, you fuckbag. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Milo got banned from Twitter, the oh. worst, worst racist troll right all rights shithead um, uh, last night. Yeah, so anyway, uh, uh, Hockey Nights. Um, um, hockey Night, just Hockey, hockey night. night. sorry, sorry, I'm going to say it wrong because I, I Fork. Yeah, yeah. Fork. Forklift from, yeah, I knew from it was the Hockey Night podcast. Hockey Night podcast. He uh, uh, sent us a, podcast, a, pardon me. a, a message podcast. about um, our last episode, so I just wanted to give him a like a shout out for like obviously yeah. finally getting off his butt, yeah. which basically, is what he said to to listen to it. Which yeah, I yeah, yeah. He he basically said that like uh, a band he was in in the uh, '80s that uh, used to play in like the New York uh, punk scene. Uh, they play, I think they played at CBGBs a couple of times. But like they would do a, they did a cover of uh, Ricky Nelson's uh, "Bebop Baby," I think is what the song's mm-hmm. called. I can't remember the song. Yeah, uh, "Bebop Baby." But like he would sneak in Lamar's rap into the lyrics which is really to amuse funny. himself. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that was a. I thought that was a pretty funny it's thing. It's cute. It's um, adorable. So thank you for that, and um, for those of you who uh, do, um, who don't listen to our uh, Hard Grey's Night podcast, um, do because it's actually really fun. But to, don't watch Grey's Anatomy. Just listen yeah, to just our listen to our podcast. You don't because, need to. You don't need to watch Grey's because, Anatomy. You shouldn't watch Grey's Anatomy because listening to uh, John suffer is one of the most delightful things of my life. Yes. So and, uh, um, and to be honest, like you didn't get to hear me suffer too much in this movie because I didn't hate it too much. Right. Right. Like, so I, I I honestly like as as bad as the Rotten Tomatoes reviews are for this movie, I didn't really have the I didn't really have the hate for this movie that uh, a lot of critics did when it came out. It's it's the long suffering John. And I really enjoy yes. it personally. The so. Long John. The Long John. So anyhow, this is uh, you gave him all the info. I gave him all the info, and then we that. talked for a long time after yeah, the okay. info. So this is uh, a match made in space. Signing off. Adios. <laughs>